So, I just want to tell you that the Lord is really funny, in case you didn't know that. Here's my notes. Um, and when you see all these pieces come together, you're going to just, hopefully you're going to crack up as much as I am. Okay. I'm not going to go through every one of our questions specifically, but I'm just going to tell you that we've been going through a process. And if you haven't been able to be here, all this stuff is online on Facebook or our website. Is that right? It's on Facebook, right? Yeah. Right. So uh, you can go back and get these pieces. So we've been going through questions like, who's God anyway and why should I care? Who am I anyway and why should I care? What's available to you in Christ? Um, where are you headed and what's the point? And um, been covering a lot of stuff about transformation and talking about that there's a process to transformation. It's really important that you get comfortable in the process of transformation because it's, um, it's happening all the time whether you participate or not. And that transformation comes out of one place. It always begins in the heart of God and in delight. It's just that everybody finds themselves somewhere on this transformation process. Okay, that the world revolves around you and your drama and your issues. And then you move into, oh, my gosh, God really likes me and he's crazy about me. And how does that impact my life? And he starts telling you who you really are. Now, I want you to notice this one thing. You don't believe it yet. You just become aware of it, aware of who you really are. And then he starts the process of convincing you so that you go, no, this is who I really am. And then once you get this nailed down, you start becoming this like redeeming agent in the world of changing not only other people's lives around you, but moving across the world in varying degrees of regard, depending on what God's called you to. Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. So are you, are you able to go backwards on that on accident? I mean, I'm not going to No. Well, absolutely, because it's, I don't know that you go backwards. I don't. It's actually a good question. Do you know that nobody's actually asked me that? Once you get to a certain point, no. Once you get to a certain point, you can never go back. There, does, there comes a point that God takes you so far that even though you feel like, oh, I'm sliding, you don't ever end back up here. We always want to know if we're going to screw up the process. Can you screw up the process? Right, because it's God's process. He's, he's in charge. Listen, God did not die on the cross for you to stay right here. Do you understand that? That's an insult, an insult to the suffering one. That's an insult for him, for you to stay here. So people who are stuck and stay stuck, I'm not going to get all churchy on you. Some denominations say they were never saved in the first place. Some people say that they were saved, but they haven't been awakening. Some denominations say that they haven't been baptized a second time by the Holy Spirit. I mean, ask any church that you want to have an answer. And the thing that you have to come back to is God's telling your story. You worry about your story. You let God worry about their story. I don't know if you've read any of Aslan's work, and they kept asking about a horse and his boy. What about her? What about her? What about this one? And said, Aslan only tells you your story. And he lets you see other people's stories from afar, but you, it's your story. So I'm not trying to give you a cop-out, but I think that there are ways that, when she says something about going backwards, I think that there are ways that we don't participate. Because God is that good... He's that big and he's that strong. And he's really not going to let someone like us thwart his plans. In fact, the Bible promises nothing thwarts the plans of God. And we've talked about this in one class. It actually brings me a lot of comfort. It makes me very excited because I think that there are things and promises that God has planted in us and is going to do with us, we're going to do with him, that we probably won't see this side of the grave. But the preparation is preparation nonetheless. 
You know, if you start reading in the New Testament about what Jesus says about heaven and that kind of stuff, he says that we're going to rule kingdoms, uh, usins. So we're preparing for a much greater work. This ain't it. I don't really know how the Lord does this, but there are layers, right? There are ways that you are working on some way. And man, you and Jesus, you're flying. Woo! And then there are some areas of your life that's as if you're a toddler and you're flying and you don't even walk at the same time. Does it can y'all, okay, y'all understand what I'm talking about. And so the Lord, see, he doesn't, he doesn't despair that. Do you understand? The Lord doesn't, he doesn't despair on that because he knows that eventually all systems will be go. Because of Jesus, he made all systems go. And so remember I told you last week, last week perfect, not yet. That, that is a profound word. Perfect and not yet. Because he's wanting to show us his absolute complete sufficiency in every stage, every layer. And he'll do that. Did you have a question? No, no, go ahead. You sure? All right. So that's the only uh, real review I'm going to do because I want to go into some other stuff. We talked um, where are you headed and what's the point. And we used this language, and I'm going to try to unpack this for you a little bit more. Opposing spirit. Out of uh, Isaiah 61, but also there's some other stuff that the Lord's been showing me about that. And the role of life-giving believers, why do we need redeeming agents? It's because we are showing... Um, People always think, I hear this a lot, people always think that Christians are supposed to do life right so we can lead people to Jesus. And I just think that's the biggest crock ever. I think that we are supposed to fall down and get back up and sin and get back up and hurt and get back up, get pissed off and cuss and get back up and show a a dying, hurting world who needs to be loved, he loves me still. Yep, loves me still. Yep, loves me still. Yeah, I did that. Loves me still. We're doing this together. He loves me still. I fell down. Loves me still. Because that's what they need to know. Because everywhere they go, do you understand? A godless world is constantly trying to manufacture a God that will love them enough. Do you understand that? So they go to drugs. They go to food. They go to isms, whatever it takes, because they're trying to find something to feel that ache. And so that's what Christians in the world do. I can show you how that ache got filled for me. And you just create an appetite. We create a way of being in the world that goes, I don't have what you have and I want it. And I almost went churchified on you, but do you understand what I mean? Have you heard people say that? You got got to make them want what you have. Don't hear that. I'm not saying that. But would you agree that Jesus is so lovely and He's so winsome? Have you been around somebody that's so full of the Holy Spirit and you didn't even know it? I mean, I'll never forget the first time I sat in the presence of Nan Sprouse, brand new believer, six months old as a believer, and I got—I just walked up and I sat down and I started bawling. And I know now it was the presence of the Holy Spirit. I'd never been around somebody that strong in the Spirit of God. I couldn't even tell you what it was. To this day, so I can't tell you why I started crying, except that I knew I was in the presence. It wasn't Nan. It was Jesus. Do you understand? That's the world you're carrying jesus wherever you go because remember we've talked about this what six months now as long as you're talking about sin you're not necessarily talking about jesus because the sin is 100 percent paid for right it's like you want to stamp something in in your heart is that it's 100 percent paid for and everything that you're doing is future tense to the cross right so god's not in heaven going oh, i can't believe she's doing that it's 100 percent paid for he knows about it okay here is your question for the week why do i care about community And now, I want to go through some different examples 
of why community matters, whether you're in it or not and whether you like it or not. And then I want to show you how God shows off. Okay? So everybody got the question because I'm going to erase it. Let's start here first. Throw, give me out some random definitions of community. Because when we talk about community, I've got a random here. When we talk about community, I think people get confused by that. Because you have so many different layers where if you wear an orange t-shirt on Friday, you're in the club, right? Hero. You may hate the balls. Someone I know wears orange on Fridays, and he hates the balls. And, you know, <laughs> go Irish. Go Irish. He says he doesn't wear orange anymore. He's, he does. You lie. Okay. Um, so it, it's like, you know, and I'm, honestly, I don't know about you, but this is a buzzword. I get this in buzzwords. You know, like I, I'm enough around some women's leaders and uh, just let me sense for a second. Hold on. Everybody wants this. This is a goal. We want to build community, right? Okay, so what does that mean for you? So what, what do they want you to do? They want me to foster the people who interact on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Uh, they want me to foster that group of people who will talk about our brand. So the common interest is, you know, JTV, and then I go out there and keep the conversation going. Okay, that's beautiful. Can I pick on that just a second? Many times, many times, we build community because we want something. Right? Jewelry Television is building a community because they want people to be connected to Jewelry Television because they are prospective what? Customers. Customers and buyers. There's not a thing in the world wrong with that. I love capitalism. I'm all about it. We do things also in the Christian community because we want to build community, but sometimes we do that because we want something. And I'd like to suggest that God lives in a constant state of community out of one purpose. What is the one purpose that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit live in constant community? They enjoy each other. They love each other. They don't want for anything. They simply want the good of the other one to be seen and known and made known. Right? Do you see how that kind of changes things? Now, obviously, no matter how hard we try, we're not going to necessarily be able to achieve that kind of community. But that's the standard. That's the goal. They are open-hearted. There's no hiding. There's no shadow of turning with thee. And the, they love hanging out together. They just rejoice in each other. They rejoice in being together. Right? So when we're trying to do community, and like community is a women getting real buzzword. Because I sense it, I notice it, and I, what I, I don't think I even realized that we had a community until I started going to other women's groups and other events and watching them pretend. And I'm going, oh my Lord, what a thing you are birthing here. Because there is a something that's happening in community where we have all agreed, we've entered into an agreement, listen to me, Community is a way that you're entering into agreement with another group of people. This is how we roll. So the people who go do Bible studies and they do the fill in the blanks and then they answer one or two questions, they have, go have a cupcake and they go home. They've agreed that that's the kind of community we're going to have, right? 
when we do Women Getting Real, we've agreed that, you know, our basic rules, no BS, no peer counseling, three sentences or less, right? We start setting up this standard. We're going to go deep heart. Our community is hungry for deep heart, and we're willing to go there. We're not going to say, Beth, you go there, but everybody else is going to play it safe. We're all willing to go. We're going to just try to call it what it is. Would you, do you understand what I'm saying? Call it what it is. Deep heart. Yeah, like a deep heart kind of connection, not just like bounce along on the surface. Y'all tracking with me? I'm breaking this down because I want you to get it. So when we approach community, when you approach community, when I approach community, we do well to see what's happening in our heart. Because so many times we go, what's in it for me? Am I getting what I want? I don't think I feel like going. Oh, she pissed me off. I'm not going. I'm over this. Oh, they're just that. Do y'all do that? I do this. I'm not pointing fingers. I do this. And I'm going, do you notice? I've been so confronted how am I approaching community out of a consumer mentality? What, do, what, what have you done for me lately? What have you got for me? What's in it for me? And I'm just so challenged that I don't think this is God's idea of community at all. Community is about enjoying you know, love hopes all things, believes all things. Um, love hopes all things, believes all things. Trusts trust all things, endures all things, right? That would be a fantastic motto for a community. First Corinthians 13 is where we're going. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not uh, envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So what I'd like to suggest to you, as an opposing spirit, the scripture that I just read to you, an opposing spirit is... There is factions and workings, principalities and powers, constantly working against us for our harm, for our damage, for our isolation from the Lord and isolation from each other. So as you go through transformation in the Lord, you don't just become a powerhouse Christian for you. You become a powerhouse Christian for the other people around you. And an opposing spirit is you oppose the efforts of the demonic. You oppose the efforts of the heavenly beings, the principalities and powers that have one goal in mind, which is your utter destruction and also the destruction of the believers that are around you. Y'all still breathing? Give me some feedback. Do you understand what I'm talking about? See, we listen, if I can get you knocked out by your little petty sin habits, your little broken places, if I can get you knocked out by all your drama trauma, all this kind of stuff, then you're not thinking about doing any kind of warfare at all because you're face down. So as the Lord takes you through a transformation process, and I'm looking at many of you who used to be face down and you are no more, you may not be running a marathon, but you're up. And when we first came together, many of you were face down. You couldn't even hardly breathe. But as you start raising yourself up, He doesn't just raise you up just to look pretty, although you do. He raises you up because you have a divine purpose, and that is being an opposing spirit. 
In Isaiah 61, if you are familiar with it, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has anointed me, is upon me and has anointed me to speak good news. Let's just turn to that there. Let's turn to Isaiah 61. Sorry to grab your Bible. Isaiah 61. You guys there? It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. An opposing spirit is when you start getting so centered in the Lord that you're not just swept up in every drama and every issue that comes against you, but that you actually start declaring these things. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. That's you. You should write your name in there. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on Dana. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on Heather. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on Laura. That's the truth. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you. And He has anointed you to do these things, to preach the good news. To bind the brokenhearted. You could, if you wanted to have some time with the Lord, you should take this one passage and take the verbs and watch what happens. So when you come across somebody who is sitting in ashes, then you have the power in the name of Jesus. We did that song two weeks ago. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. You have the power of Christ in your mouth, in your spirit. It says the Lord's had me sitting in Isaiah. 50, that he's given us an instructed tongue, that you have the power to speak out a beauty, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. You know, these are spiritual things that you got to grab hold of. The Lord spoke the world into being. Your words have power. Don't tell me that you don't know this. Think about the last fight you got with fill in the blank. Amen. Did you or did you not see the power of your words? Did you see it? Did you watch that person crush and fall? Did you see their flesh ripped open by your words? You know that they've got power. Amen? Your girlfriends, your husband, your boyfriend, your mom, your dad, you know that they have power. But see, I'm saying that we have an opposing spirit. God didn't have us come in and agree with the devil and speak more crap over everybody. God's got the Spirit of God in us so that we go, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not who you are anymore. No, 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 I refuse to agree with that. This is who God really calls you to be. And I'm telling you this, and I'm not here. I'm not there. But I'm getting whiffs of it, and I want more of it. Because if God's got that kind of power available for me, I want everything He's got. How about you? I'm tired of playing along with demonic schemes and getting hooked up by it myself. What is it? What is it that is in Christ that we don't have? You need to go back and read your Bible. You need to go back and read the New Testament. We don't have it. We have Him. And He has it. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me say that again. Girls, don't fall asleep on me. This is life-changing material. I may not be saying it right, but it's like power. You don't have it. You don't go, oh, I don't feel so good in Jesus today. Shucky darn. 
You go, the spirit of the sovereign God is on me. He's in me. He lives inside me. I have everything I need because I am constantly accessing the spirit of God. That changes everything. That changes the way you pray. It changes the way you enter into relationship. It changes the way you go through conflict. It changes the way you go through hardship. Because God in Christ, you have everything that you need. And He is the opposing spirit in you. Does that make a distinction? Because Jesus did say in the temple, this has now been fulfilled in your hearing. And then Jesus goes on to tell them in John 17, that they may be one as you and I are one. That they will do even greater things. That my joy be complete. That they will go far beyond. Not just for what I've told them, but what they're going to tell them and them and them and them. This is a ripple effect of colossal proportions. Except we're going, oh, get back in place. You can't do that. can't do that. And I'm going, the Lord is calling us out. Going, speak the truth. Do you understand that an opposing spirit is nothing more than agreeing with God about what He's already said? Let me put it in terms for you. An opposing spirit is agreeing with God about what He's already said. Do you actually think that the person that you're coming against, or even yourself, that all the negative, awful things that you say about you, or all the negative things that are said about a person that you know and love, do you really think that's the heart of God? Answer my question. Are those horrible, negative things the heart of God for you? So if they're not truth then what we're doing is we're going, I refuse to believe that lie and I'm going to walk in what God has said about me and about other people. Do you guys, let me, I'm going to say these words, write these words down and then tell me what you think they, tell me what you, how you receive them. The words are united with Christ. Listen, united with Christ is like when I make tea. I have two tea bags. I put them in water. I put the water in the microwave. I turn it on eight minutes precisely and that water heats up and then you can't tell when you take those tea bags out you can't tell where the tea bags start and the water ends they're all one united in christ we are one in christ and so there's a way of pressing in to these deeper places of god that it actually matters it impacts your real life world today see if you put this over here in your god box and then you go live your life the rest of the next two weeks without even a thought or a notion you can certainly do that, but you would not even do that with your cell phone because you are faithful to plug up your cell phone. Are you not? Because you want to make sure you don't want to run out of juice. And so it's the same thing in the heavenlies is that you plug into him. you got no power if you're not plugged into him. And when you do have his power, it's not some little tiny pissant 12 volt. It's like knock your socks off. Like, you know, blast you out. And I just think that there's so much more to us. Now, I don't know how we did got over here, but y'all distracted me. You distracted me. Oh, I was going to tell you this. I'm so glad that Anna was not here. And so you got to make sure that you take notes about this one part. I was thinking about how does this matter with community? Because community is so important to do the very songs that you just read. A place to find shelter in a cruel and hateful world, even inside the church. Amen? Amen? How many has got a good, healthy church wound? Anybody? Anybody in the room? Okay, and the rest of you lie, so it's okay. <laughs> that community is a way of finding a safe haven. 
It's like, it's great to go to Jesus. I'm all about that. And I think you need to go to Jesus. But Jesus uses other people, of which we're going to talk about in just a few minutes. Another thing that you have is to remind you about who you are. You are, listen to me, sisters. Regardless of where you are in the Lord right now today, you are an opposing spirit for the sister that's sitting in your world. You are the one voice of every woman that you know that's going to come in and push into her life and remind her, don't forget who you are. And that is power that we desperately need. So if you're so far out in community that you won't let anybody near you, if you're so hypersensitive that every time you get offended that you spin out, you're playing along with demonic things instead of God things because he's trying to get you isolated. He's trying to pull you off, spin you out. And it's Jesus is going, stay up under, stay in the shelter, stay under the shelter of my wings, love on each other, stay in this, keep rooting for each other, believe in each other, remind each other about what's happening. I want you guys to get the power and the importance of community. And I want you to get convicted because when you spin off, it's probably when you need community the most. Amen? And oh, I don't want nobody to see me like that. Well, Jesus doesn't see you. Might as well share it, okay? How many just this week you felt God prompt you to go do something and you did it? How many of you this week you did it? And how many of you, you yourself, you got blessed because the Lord... He did a boomerang. You sent something out and you thought, oh, I'm going to bless this person. And God went, bam! And He totally blessed you because it was the blessing back to you was far more than what you maybe even did. How many times have you done that? It's practice. And how many times have you sent something out and you've heard nothing? Right? But you still practice. You t- Listen, we're going to get to this thing. It's called being faithful. Faithful. That's where we're going in community. It's amazing. And sometimes, you know, you cast seed out and you're, you don't get a harvest right away. Some of us this week have got a harvest right away, like immediately. But sometimes you cast out seeds, you, you're doing what the Lord tells you, and you may not ever know. You may not, you may not know till heaven what God has done. But he's, he's asking you, well, you just trust me. You trust me. I'll take care of the results. See, listen, we want to do the God life as long as we see instant results. And God's knowing, no, I'll show you me. You trust me with the results. Which one do you want? Do you want him or do you want results? And that, I cannot believe I just said that. You cannot believe the week I have just had. But it's like, it's so funny. It's the, it's the truth though. It's like, you, you're constantly, listen to me. You are constantly being asked by the Spirit God. Do you want me or do you want that? Do you want me or do you want that? And I don't care if it's a him, an it, a them, a this, we do. You know what that thing is that grabs you every time. And every single moment, he's going, do you want that or do you want more of me? And he lets you choose. And he doesn't go, oh, you're POS. He just goes, okay. And we're just going to keep asking the question, do you want more of me or do you want that? And listen, you need friends. Listen to me. You need friends in your life that will remind you, I want more Jesus. You got friends that are constantly pushing you more toward this. You run. Do you hear me? I don't care if they're Christians or not. If they're not pointing you back to Jesus, they're hurting you. They may be hurting themselves. I'm not saying cut them off. I'm saying you got, you got to have somebody in your life, more than one somebody, who's going to throw you a lifeline, pull you back to Jesus. We all need it. We all need it all the time. I was thinking of all these movie clips, and then it got to be too tedious, and I didn't want to do it. 
but about joining forces. Has anybody seen the Lord of the Rings movies? Love those movies. I cry every single time. But there are several big scenes in there about, I think particularly of, uh, I've totally spaced it, I think it's the second one, y'all help me if you've watched them a lot, where um, the Twin Towers, where they're, they've lost hope. They, they think that they're surely going to fall. And then all of a sudden you see Gandalf, and he's got that white... Um, stone, he's like blazing, got this, and they come and they're sweeping in like that. And it's crazy, but even there's a scene in Avatar. Did anybody see the movie Avatar? Where they did that ceremony and they put their hands on each other and it looked like a root system. Do you, do you know that? Can you pull up the visual picture? I played that scene several times. It's so powerful. That's like the body of Christ. We hold each other by the shoulders. I believe in you hands of blessing each other, and we become a root system that's unshakable. Then, you know, I thought about the community that is Jersey Shores. That is a community. Has anybody ever seen Jersey Shores? It's ridiculous. Total, total. Yeah, y'all lie, you lie. Yeah, thank you, Dana. It's like, it's a community. Listen, it's a beautiful picture. These are beautiful pictures of building versus destruction. Jersey Shore's community, their total point of existence is utter depravity. And they help each other along to utter depravity and destruction. All you got to do is watch it a couple of times and see how much they can do each other, screaming at each other. I've only seen one episode, and I, I told Lachelle, if that had been on the Discovery Channel, and you had animals that were wounded and were in so much pain that they were screaming, then all of the PETA and animal lovers would be, they would just, everybody would be running to those animals' side to help get them out of pain. They were clearly in so much pain. Somebody helped them. But we watched these people, these young women and young men, screaming, utter depravity each other, and we call that entertainment. Those are human beings in terrible, terrible pain. And we call it, it's fun, man, it's so crazy. You're like going, no, somebody needs to go give them a tranquilizer shot or put them down or something. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I'm just saying. If they were animals, y'all get my, my example. If they were animals... We would, be, we would be rushing to the rescue. We would be rushing to the rescue. We would be. So, in um, this scripture, which I hate it when I do this. See, I wrote my scripture down, then I don't give you the verse. <clears throat> Check, this is the scripture we have the girls. It's, what is it? Yeah, I've got all the verses and none of the reference. Second Thessalonians 1.3. 2 Thessalonians 1.3. This is the translation I have because uh, this is actually correct in the Greek. Makes me, I, can't go about, I can't talk about this. We always thank God. I always ought to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. That's a community statement. That your love for one another is increasing. Have you noticed that when you get around a group of Christian women, I'm just going to go right straight for the jugular, that you constantly try to separate, you separate them, okay, she's a church lady, she's a snob, she's prissy, she, you like this whole category, deet, 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 deet. anybody else? Okay, 
And then there's a way that we try to compartmentalize, and then what we do is we try to figure out where we fit in that mix. But see, as long as uh, we did the scripture couple, we used to look at each other in a worldly way, but we don't do that anymore. Because before Christ, that was the only way that we knew, but now we know better. We used to look at Christ in a worldly way also, but we don't do that anymore. We look at each other with spiritual eyes to see that the Spirit of God is living in those people. And so you start dropping all these labels, and we, listen, when you label people, you're automatically discounting them. Automatically. Because you're saying, she, oh, look at that ridiculous scarf she's got on. Who does she think she is? Boom. Put her in a box, and that's who she is. And it's like, if you know Crystal, that's, that blue scarf is a, a fraction. It's not, even, it's not even a thread of who the magnitude of that woman is. And it's going to take time for you to get to know her. And it's like each one of us have such power and such gifting and such contributions. And guess what? You've got to get through, you've got to bump through some of our flesh and our sin issues. And you've got to bump through our little knobs and our sharp points. But we do that. We keep pressing in to know people because we want to see who God's really got in there. Amen? And you do that when you care about your community. It's not just about what you get. But because you're entering in as an opposing spirit, let's see what God's doing among us. Now, that's a totally different way, reason for being in community. Not about what I get, but about, oh, let's see, Lord, what you going to do when we all show up. Have you guys done this yet? I mean, I have been astounded by this, just being in Women Getting Real. This has been very healing for me personally. I've not done so good in Christian community, as you can imagine. I have not fit in so very well. But... This group has been so good for me because how many times have we done small groups in the early days or when we tried to do the leadership team or we would have small groups. If you're in a small group, you surely know this. Have you guys had this moment? We don't know how on earth we're all together because we are so radically different. But our one common denominator is Jesus, and that is enough. Have you not been in a room full of women that you would never in a million years have been friends, but now you love her and you don't even know why you love her, but except that Jesus is just giving you this overflowing love of, God, I love that woman. And you're going, weird. I've had people going, y'all are really, Salem. She's going, I don't know how you're friends with her. I'm going, I love her. I love her. She goes, mom, you're really different from her. I go, I know. Now look at that one picture right there. So you think this don't matter? Did you hear what I just told you? I don't think I even connected that. My daughters are watching how I'm doing relationship. Am I discounting or am I receiving? Am I allowing myself to be received? Am I allowing myself to be loved on? Community is a really beautiful thing. Will you get hurt? Absolutely. What do you do when you get hurt? Cry, Cry withdraw, retaliate. Or worse, self-hate. A lot of us do that. I'm worthless. I'm, I'm, I'm. Or do you go to God and go, I'm just hurting? Do you whine and accuse and blame? Or do you listen? Do you just listen? Is it okay for you to hurt in the presence of God? That's a valid question. Is it okay for you to hurt in the presence of God? Have you found it's one of the safest places for you to hurt? Okay, and that gives you a sense of uh, being fortified so that you get back up and you keep swinging. Because you know what? Our confidence is if God is doing that for me, God is also doing that for her. Right? I want to tell you why this matters so much.
about community. And I don't think, I don't think, I didn't connect this myself until um, yesterday and today. The Lord gave me these topics. I think I told you this. The Lord gave me these topics for the entire semester at the beach. And in some cases, I got the question and a couple of worship songs and occasionally a verse. And sometimes he gave me like the whole outline. And so this one, we've been kind of sitting on silently, not a whole lot, not a whole lot of meat and bones around it. Just I knew it was out there. And so I was sitting in front of my computer yesterday and going, well, I'm still pissed off and I'm upset. And now we're going to teach on community. And so, <laughs> and so I'm going, I don't really know what we're going to talk about. And so um, I love it when he does this. He goes, let me tell you. So, um, grace for me, okay? Let me try to get this out, okay? Is I had uh, great hopes and expectations around the fundraising thing. And I don't think I even realized how great my hopes and expectations were. For those of you who are new, we had a fundraising event last Tuesday. And so I walked away from that event, and I think I told my team this. I had been to three, yeah, three events the week prior to the Women Getting Real event, and I was blown away by how badly they were done. Just, they were awful. And I walked in. And I, I think Alexa came in on one of them because Alexa ran the event, the Women Getting Real event. And I said, in case I have not, like I just wanted to get down on my knees, in case I have not thanked you appropriately, you know, because these events that I had been to, they were chaos. I mean, they were just awful. And the Lord went, look how richly I've blessed you. And so I went through and I was already praying for the team and the outcome of that night, but just being overflowing with gratefulness about women who just pour out not just one event, many events. And this event was hard. Amen. Those of you who volunteered, it was hard. It was a lot of work. And so I had this. Uh, and then what's happening is the Lord's telling me all these words. He's giving me all these words, promise, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so I'm so excited going into this event. And then I get there. The team has absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, people who they don't even know walked in when who catered your food. You, you don't even know what a compliment that was because, I mean, it was just crazy. It's like all these, the church walked in that we had it at, and then we're going, oh, my gosh, what are y'all doing? And I'm going, yeah, you should let us do your events. That's probably your problem, you know. Huh? Yeah, y'all should clap. Yeah, woo! It's amazing. Amazing. You know, it's like I had no idea about the silent auction because Lachelle said, don't even think about it. I'm going to take care of it. And I truly had not thought about it. And then I come in and I'm looking at this outpouring of beauty, all this amazing art and talent and gifting. I thought we did the entire event for that. We did the entire event just so those women could be a glorious display of the splendor of God. I mean, it was unbelievable. I told the show I went, I just stood there and then I was listening to people reading their stories and people that I know that don't know anything about women getting real, they're going, oh my gosh, this is incredible. These stories, and they're going, what a God, what a Savior. You're like going, thank you, Jesus. I mean, just crazy, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. So then I'm thinking about all this fantastic stuff, and then I get home, and I feel like I get punched in the gut. That's what I made up, right? That, that was my reception. I made up. So I, I want to be so tender, and I want to be truthful. I had to go through a lot of stuff with the Lord. And here's what I have resulted in, and now I understand why we're talking about community on this particular night. 
is that I had to have just time with Jesus. So I found myself going, don't talk to nobody because you might say something really stupid. Okay, there is a time of that in community. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is that don't use and abuse your friends. Listen, Jesus can take your venting more than your friends can sometimes. Would you agree? And so we find that we go and we vent and we say stuff to our friends. We go off with Jesus. He makes us feel all better. Well, your friends are still bleeding to get death. Amen? Right? So it's like the Lord just went, and you can shut up now. And so I went, okay. So I had people want to get together with me. I went, oh, I'll catch you first next week. And Chuck goes, maybe you'll be better by then. <laughs> maybe I'll be better by then. Because I had to just wrestle through because I, I can tell you now with all gratefulness and just like affection for the Lord, he's so smart. He's so smart. And it's not what I thought was going to happen. And it's like Debbie and I were talking before class. What do you do when you pray and pray and pray and you hope and you believe and you think that something's going to happen and it goes, Wah. what do you do? Where do you go? What do you do with the affections and the love of God when you didn't get what you thought was going to happen? It's a valid question. Have you all experienced this yet? Because if you haven't, you surely will. And so I had people that had promised that they were coming. They didn't post. They didn't call. They didn't do anything. And you're like going, what, what am I, child player? And so I had all this offense that I couldn't believe. But here's all these women poured their heart out, have this fantastic event. And I felt like a failure, like somehow I had not done my part to get those people there to hear the vision. Do you understand? Like I just took on all this weight and it was killing me. And I had to just sit in the Lord until he rolled that off and going, you were never supposed to be under that rock in the first place. But when you're crushing, when you're being crushed, it doesn't help anybody to go, you know, you don't have to be underneath that rock. Because Jesus had to take it off. Do you understand? Because Jesus was the one that was crushing me. Jesus was crushing my expectations and my demands. And he was the greatest act of love that I've experienced in a very long time. So where he's brought me around to is this. I, I, want, I just want to brag on him. I, I vacillate between just spewing profanities and bawling my eyes out. That was about the only love language I could get out. I was just, and, and they didn't come. And I can't believe it. And then I'd cry. So Chuck would call me about every two hours. How you doing? Okay, honey. <laughs> and I would just start crying. I'm going to be okay. Because I know you're going to be okay. So I just had to process all this stuff, right? And just watch what the Lord was doing. And so we met for lunch. <clears throat> and the Lord starts these little kisses. These little affections. It, it's November, in case you haven't noticed. And there's a butterfly. Chuck and I are talking, and he's going, hmm, hmm, this little butterfly. And I'm so upset. I turn my back, and I go all the way across the parking lot, because I'm going, I don't want that stupid butterfly. Don't be talking to me no better. So Chuck and he's looking. So Chuck follows me over, and we're sitting there talking, and I'm telling you the exact same butterfly. Na, na. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. I put on this, I turn on the radio, and he's talking about this song about when you feel like you've been abandoned, you've never been left alone ever in one moment. Uh, just because things don't turn out. It's like he's just pursuing, pursuing, just like lots of little things. Like, I'm still here. You may be upset, but I'm still here. And I realize now how kind, how kind of the Lord to do that. You know that scripture that says it's his kindness 
that leads us to repentance? You know, I didn't need somebody thunking me in the chest. I needed Jesus to go, baby, I got you still. I never left you one minute. And I, I'm behind all this. Trust me. Do you trust me? And I was going, I don't. I don't. And I thought I did. And I want to, but I don't. And I'm upset. And I don't know what happened. So I was going, I heard you wrong. I misunderstood. I've made all this up. Then you're going, if I made this up, what if I made that up? Do you all hear this? You didn't hear me wrong. I said what I said. He brought me back to the scripture. He even just kept bringing back all these things. So then starts this insane process. And I'm just going to fly through this real quick. I just want to tell you about his mercy to remind us about who we are. I'm going to the dentist. I've had a successful lunch and I've only spit a little bit of venom. And then um, I go have lunch with Lachelle. And Lachelle says, you know, what if your goal and God's goal was totally different? I didn't really talk to you about what's going on. Going, I'm trying to process a lot of stuff. She goes, I think that the reason that you did that was to give the women in the community an opportunity to be part of something. And also, you've got fantastic video that now we can tell the story again and again and again. And I went, oh, well, that's actually a pretty cheap way to do that. So I'm lighting, I'm going, okay, that actually kind of works out cost effectively then. So I'm just thinking about things. I go to the dentist and I'm in the chair. I guess I want you to understand the Lord. It's like he'll do whatever it takes to get your attention. I'm in the chair and all of a sudden I'm going, ah! I have to go to the bathroom. And it just hits me just like that. So I get up and I should have been able to fly, open the door and go in. And I about break my shoulder because it's locked. And I go, oh, look, there's a, tr- there's a tree. There's a tree by a stream of water. Aren't you so funny? Because that's a scripture that he'd given me like all these years ago. So I'm, go- so I'm just sitting there and I took a picture of it because I'm going very, very funny. And I'm just still kind of rebuffing him, going, very funny. You're just so, you think you're so funny. Don't you think you're so funny? So I'm pulling out of the dentist, and I'm getting ready to go on the interstate, and I see this truck that I have only seen en route to Florida, when on the way to the beach. I've never, ever seen it in Knoxville. There's a ginormous tree on it, and it has three words on it. Tree of life. A pet name that he'd given me years ago. Just reminded, constantly telling me. <laughs> then... <clears throat> Uh, there is a Psalm 1, uh, there's a scripture that's been given. I think I get an email that's got Psalm 1 on it. Same scripture, tree by streams of water. Then the next morning, I get an email about somebody who's had a dream. A dream. I'm not going to go into the whole dream, okay? But they have a dream about a storm, and all these pine trees are taken down, and there's one oak that remains standing. And that it stands because the word of the Lord said it will stand. By my word, it will stand. And so my friend says, I can't tell you what this means because the Lord told me not to. Because he doesn't want you to be swayed by anyone else's opinion. Which is exactly what the Lord had told me last night. Don't be talking to anybody else about what's going on. You talk to me. I'll tell you in due time. I'll tell you in due time what's actually going on here. So I just sat in that and just watching because here's more trees, more trees. Then on Sunday... Somebody randomly sends me this text, and my phone's up there, but the text is out of Proverbs 3. She is a tree of life, and those who embrace her, blah, blah, blah. I just start bawling. The Lord's totally got my, he's got my attention. So then, <clears throat> I'm just trying to think about community, and I'm thinking about all the conflict I've had in the last four days. You're trying to help someone, they get offended. 
Chuck is trying to give feedback to somebody, they get offended. You try to help correct course of a problem that you see, they get offended and you're upset. Now you've got this email stuff flying back and forth or you're trying to have a conversation. You watch them bow up and I'm going, oh my gosh, can we just run away and go back to being hermits? Does anybody else want to do that? This is too hard. I don't even want to be in community. It's just too dang hard. So then, <laughs> then I get here and somebody gives me a card. Now, did you remember the first song said, remind me who I am? I heard that song, the Lord woke me up. Don't forget to do that song for small group. Remind me who I am. So I'm putting that worship together and I'm going, forget the group. I need this. Remind me who I am. And so I get this. This friend of mine says, this is really weird, but God told me to give this to you. And her phrase is, he told me to remind you. I got this tonight before class. And it says, you sing over me. And I start going, oh, this is a Bethany Dillon song. And then I'm going, you sing over me. You sing over me. You're, you wave your hands and dance around. And then I have to go leave the room because I have to bawl my eyes out. Because this is my song that God gave me. These are my lyrics off my CD. You sing over me. You sing over me. You wave your hands and dance around. You sing a sing of dreams, desires all over me. Washing, rolling, wondering. There's no love better than yours. I just wanted to remind you. And I got that because I was at a beach trip with the Lord and talking about what would happen if you just sat in the place of my delight. That's where I got the word delight. And so the Lord is talking to me this whole thing. I go, okay, you have totally got my attention. Now what do you want to say? And that's when he gave me this word about faithful. Faithful is something that is steadfast and certain. We think of ourselves as being faithful, but all through Scripture, God calls Himself faithful. That's what he says about himself. I am the faithful one. I have got 20 scriptures here I could give you about what it says. And then it passes from Old Testament into New Testament that we have the faithfulness of Christ. Because of Christ's faithfulness, he calls us faithful. And I go through, I'm just trying to do some research and look at this stuff. I love this. Talk about the biblical word to believe it's, a, it's in contrast with the concept of faith as something possible, hopefully true. It is in, in opposite of that. It is absolute surety. That God is absolute surety. That He has 100% belief in Him. So when He calls Himself faithful, and when we say, you sing songs every Sunday morning, you are faithful, Lord, you're faithful. What are you saying? You're saying, Lord, you are true to who you are. You are true to your purposes. You are true in every way to what you are doing. And so the Lord has been bringing it back to me about going, Jenna, you were looking at results. And I was looking at what I am doing. Do you hear how totally different that is? And I had to study. There's a whole work on this about how Moses was called to be faithful to give the messages. One generation totally walked away from the Lord. Another generation totally followed him all the days of their life. Moses was not responsible for the results. Moses was responsible for doing what the Lord said. It's like uh, Debbie was talking about trying to, you were trying to post. You were faithful at school. Maybe some of the kids didn't show up. You weren't responsible for that. You were responsible for going to do what God called you to do today. Like every person who said that they sent out a boomerang today, this week, 
You were faithful. God prompted you. He didn't tell you what the result was going to be. He goes, will you trust me? I'm telling you. Will you do what I say, even though you have no idea of the result? And sometimes, you know, like some of these beautiful stories in here, they've had beautiful results. But like for me, I've written two letters that I know that I know that I know that God told me to write. And I have stirred up a storm. And I'm going, Lord, now everybody's mad at me. And he's going, will you be faithful? Will you do what I've said for you to do, whether you see the results or not? In 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8, just just write this down because this is an excellent example about results. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 8, talking about faithfulness. Is, this is Paul talking, what is Apollos really, or what is Paul? Servants through whom you came to believe, and each of us in the ministry the Lord gave us. I planted, Apollos watered, but God caused it to grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters counts for anything, but God who causes things to grow. That is the one thing that I have heard through this more than anything, is that this is, I am that I am. And am I okay with that? Are you okay that God says, I will be God in your life? I am that I am. It's going to be my way, Jana, not your way. And you are constantly trying to determine results, and I'm trying to foster something completely different in your life. I want to show you who I am. Because you know what? Um, People have asked about the amount of money that we were able to raise, and I bless the Lord now. I can say that with all honesty. We were able to raise about $3,500 now. We just got another donation this morning, and I bless the Lord for that. And then I'll tell you that that is far, far from the budget that we have set for next year. Far, far. And so I heard myself telling the Lord, telling somebody, well, we've been living by faith from the beginning, so I guess we'll just have to do it another year, as if there was something wrong with that. And man, the Spirit grabbed me by going, and have I taken care of you? And I'm going, yes, but I didn't want it to be so hard. And he goes, it was hard because you said so. He is faithful. And you know as well as I do that some people can go, you know, poop on paint and raise $200,000 for nothing, right? And if anybody has, I mean, like if we were going to set, I don't know where I got that. I'm sorry. I was thinking about that elephant. Do y'all remember that elephant that was painting? And they raised all that money for the zoo. And I'm going, oh my gosh, let me go get a paintbrush. But anyway. Uh, What? (laughs) Did I actually say that? I did say that, didn't I? I said, okay, good. I'm just sad. There's no video. Shut up. You're distracting me. Okay. <laughs> I am that I am. Is that you? We we do well. Usins. We do well. We do well to come back and ask the question: What does it mean that we have a faithful God? Why is He so confident in Himself? And if He is so confident in Himself, why are we not? Faithfulness is not the same as success. It boils down the truth. Do you trust me? Am I big enough for you? One of my favorite verses is Romans 4.22. It talks about... um, Moses was strengthened in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded 
that God had the power to keep His promises, to do as He had promised. Being strengthened in faith, being fully persuaded. And I realized, you know what this event was? I don't, the Lord said, Jenna, you don't, you don't have a clue what I'm doing. Don't, don't pretend to act like you know what I'm doing. So I'm going, you failed me because you don't even know what I'm doing. You don't have any idea. You don't have any idea the long-reaching effect. Because see, Jenna, it wasn't your idea, it's my idea. Because see, I was faithful because I'm going, well, I wouldn't have put my team through that much work if I didn't think we were going to have a better result. Because you didn't do that for your team, you did because I asked you to. Being faithful to do what he said, regardless of the results. Being faithful to press into the hard places and keep on believing. Being strengthened in his faith, being fully persuaded. And the Lord has brought me back to this scripture. Jenna, are you fully persuaded yet? That God has the power to do as he promised, even if it doesn't go the way you want it to. I can tell you that I needed to know what was inside. John D. says this, and I love it. God's always known what was in your heart, and He used this particular circumstance to flush it to the surface so that you could see it also. I needed to know that I had my friends on such a performance track. Because, see, I was not living in community, loved these people because we love each other. I was loving these people because you better post for me. And you did not? What kind of friend are you? It was okay that I was hurt. It was okay that I was disappointed. But I needed to know about living under a kind of demand. Uh, uh, I can't believe that. And he wanted to heal me of that. Do you understand? So when you get in circumstances and all this stuff comes flushing up, don't try to act, don't try to pretty it up. Just go, oh Lord, you've known that was there all along. Please heal me and wash me clean again. Let's begin. Because he's faithful. I'm going to stop, uh, and I want to just have you guys uh, have some time to pray together. I mean, really, really pray. Because part of community is bearing one another's burdens, but also rejoicing. And one of the things, how much time is it? Yeah. What I'd like for you to do for the next, and I'm sorry that we got to start starting on time because I hate this. I feel like this kind of eats up our visit time. If you got a God story to share, please start there. Don't start with the whining. Start with the evidence of God that's going on in your life. And then make sure that you spend a few minutes praying together. Pray for a greater sense of community. Pray for healing. Pray for the impact that the woman sitting next to you has in the world. In her job, children, in her family. Like opposing spirit. That we would start moving forward in a totally different kind of power. Let's pray. Lord. I love the train. It's always so funny to think about that. We just say hallelujah, amen to what we just said right there. Lord, I ask that you would sift and sort even these words as I've tried to get them out, that you would let stick what is uh, true for you, what your spirit is leading us in. Father, I ask that you would um, help us press into community, even when it gets ugly and messy and tiresome even, but that we would do it because you've shown us how to love. You are showing us how to love and you're continuing to teach us that our love is increasing for one another. Father, I know that there is no greater transforming work on the face of this planet than an authentic love. And I know we do it so badly, but you do it so well. And I've been loved on so amazingly well by so many people. And I want to love better. 
I want to love like you love. I want to love you back the way you love. And I want to love your people the way you love your people. And so I ask that you would stir in us a hunger and a desire to, to overlook offense, to give second chances, to forgive quickly, to make, keep no record of wrongs, to not envy, to not boast, to not be easily angered, that we would always hope and always trust and always believe and always persevere. Lord, that we would endure just like you have with us. You've been so faithful. You've just never given up on us one time. It's amazing. Help us love like that, that we don't give up on people. And uh, I just thank you for these women. I pray your blessing and your benediction on them in every hurting place and every happy place and every famine and feast place in their life. I pray your grace to just be abundant to them. Uh, we love you, Lord, so much. And we just thank you for your mercy. Amen.